This podcast is produced by Unedited. I just think sometimes you just have to just just fall and you just have to like stop resisting and just go for it. Like it's scary sometimes you have anxiety around it, but ultimately like this is meant to be happening to you. And I think that everything that happens in life, so cliche, does happen for a reason. It's a lesson, it's a blessing, whatever it is, whatever perception you have of it. And yeah, hard times, you know, they never last for too long. Mm. Hello and welcome to episode 166 of In The Moment with me, Alex Manzi. This is a podcast designed to help you find more clarity in your thinking, stillness in your mind and ultimately to help you experience a greater sense of happiness in your life. And having been through my own battles with depression and anxiety, I decided to create a platform to challenge the way you think and invite you to live in the moment. And this week, I've got some big news. The podcast hit 250,000 downloads, quarter of a million, which is amazing. So I want to extend lots of love and lots of thanks out to you guys for, you know, even making that possible, for listening to episodes, for coming back and listening to more episodes. Like, it really, really means a lot to me. Like when I started the podcast, I didn't really know where it was going to take me in life or in general, it was just something I was passionate about. And my life has changed so dramatically since starting the podcast. And it's amazing to hear you guys and from you guys about the ways it's also impacted you. So if this podcast has really had an impact for you or there's been one episode in particular that's really hit you and really taken you back and really made you think differently about life, then I would love it if you could please leave a review on the Apple iTunes podcast page for the for the podcast because it really means a lot to, to see those messages and hear them. So if there's one episode in particular that's really touched you or if there's something in general that you really love about the podcast, then please go and leave a review and let me know what that is. So before we jump into this week's episode, I just wanna take a moment to check in with yourself, check in with your, how you're feeling mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, and just take a moment to check in with all of those feelings, all of those senses, before we dive into this week's episode, because I know this week, I've had a couple days that have felt quite overwhelming when I've woke up in the morning, and it's really good before you dive into something to just check in with yourself and notice how it is you're feeling. And just taking those few seconds out to really check in with the feelings can really help you. Like I did a webinar a couple of days ago for a friend and I was so overwhelmed before starting it. I just gave myself two minutes before to just sit, be in the space, settle in and just to ease into the day and what was ahead. And it really helped me calm down. So I just want you to take a moment right now before we dive into this episode to do that for yourself. So on this week's episode, I am joined by Grace Victory, who is making her second appearance on the podcast. And she's one of my favorite people ever. Grace, if you don't know who she is, is a blogger, a writer. She's a TA therapist in training and it's all about multidimensional well-being. And back in September, Grace joined me for a live recording of the podcast. And since then, we've stayed in touch via text, but we hadn't really kind of had like a catch up face to face. So this was a really, really good excuse to get in and record and then have a bit of a catch up with her. And, you know, as we all know, a lot has changed in the world since September, what with the pandemic and the uprising of the Black Lives Matter movement. And it's really affected a lot of us emotionally and mentally. So it's great to get Grace kind of back on the podcast and discuss what she's learned and what she's been up to during this period. And what I love about Grace is her honesty with herself and her emotions, particularly when she shared a really vulnerable moment towards the end of this episode, which she hasn't mentioned publicly before. So during this conversation, we spoke about dealing with feelings of guilt, life going back to normal after lockdown, developing romantic relationships during lockdown, healing from deep trauma and more. So the aim of this podcast is to inspire. So if you like what you hear in this episode, be sure to share it with a friend and spread the love. But right now, let's jump straight in and hear from Grace. How's it going? Good, thank you. Just um, 
at home, chilling, having a no makeup day. Mm, love it, love it. Um, yeah, just relaxing, excited to be here and talk to you. Yeah, me too. Like, it's funny because I messaged you, didn't I? I was like, oh my God, we need to get you back on the podcast. And I was like, oh my God, we actually need to have a catch up anyway. <laughs> like, I know. When did we do that podcast? I feel like it was like a year ago. September. The, it was the live one, wasn't it? Yeah. So it was Long September time, time. Yeah. But then, yeah, obviously things have happened quite quickly since then. Like, I was away in January, February, came back and it's like been locked down. So it's like, yeah, it's mad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. But I feel like... I kind I remember last year thinking I have re I had really weird feelings like 2020 mm. like I knew that big stuff was happening but I just did I just couldn't like intuitively feel like what it was exactly so when this all happened I just was not surprised yeah you know what I mean mm. and I don't think like I think that the pandemic is I think one of the greatest teachers at the moment because obviously I don't think the civil rights movement with Black Lives Matter would have would have happened without it either. Mm, or would have had so, it as big an impact without Yeah. It. Yeah. So um it's all very interesting. Yeah. And do you think then, because like last time when we spoke, we spoke about like being dynamic and, you know, like being able to adapt to change on the go and having that kind of like spiritual foundation. Do you reckon mm-hmm. that's kind of helped you like ease into what is literally something none of us have ever experienced before in our lives, like with lockdown and all of that? Yeah, like it did not bother me at all. But I was telling my therapist about it and he said, um, you were raised in chaos though. So this is like normal for you. It just like did not phase me. Like I actually have really enjoyed this time. And I think it's because I, I think when you go on like a spiritual journey or you're trying to deepen your connection with yourself and just the world, you recognise that, you actually want to slow down because Mm. everything is so fast, um, especially the industry that I'm in. So I've always been longing for that um, and always been really aware that like I will fill my life with stuff to fill a void or to self-sabotage or not to slow down because I don't want to feel something. So Mm -hmm. this um, pandemic has sort of like made me really sink into that. Um, and just like honor my body, like if I'm tired, then I can actually rest because there's nowhere to go um, or have a nap. And I just think that we can't go back to how things were. Like everyone was so unhappy. Everyone, um, you know, is sick. Everyone has mental health issues. And I just feel like the way we were working and sort of like the um, capitalist world mm. has like the 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 veil has been lifted um and i'm just not going back to how i was working before it just doesn't serve me so i've just really enjoyed it i think i have more anxiety of life going back to normal than i do than i did when it was like going into the pandemic yeah i I totally hear that i got invited to a um fourth of july barbecue right and with a friend and like with other people who are going to be there who I don't know. And straight away I was like, Oh my God, there's going to be people. What do we talk about? I started freaking out of like the idea of being out and not just being in my own space, doing my own thing in my own time, but having to like almost be social in a social environment. And I was like, Oh my God, like this is going to be so strange. It's going to be like my first outing to like with, with a group of other people. And mm-hmm. I was like, this is going to be so bizarre. Mm-hmm. 
I definitely, I think that, I don't know if it's my trauma or just who I am or like my Virgo tendencies, but I really hate small talk. Mm. Um, I'm an introvert as well. And I often say yes to things that I don't really want to go to because I'm just anti-sociable. Um, so yeah, I do wonder if we're all learning like to say no more mm. or to step out of our comfort zone and go to places that we wouldn't normally go to because we've been inside for so long. Um, yeah, I just find it all very interesting. Um, but I'm not dying to go out. I won't even lie. I'm dying for a holiday, dying for a holiday, um, and to go out to, to eat and things. But I just, I'm a homebody. Like I mm. like having a safe space, you know, like my plants and like, I just like, I just love my home. So yeah. it will be interesting over the next few months, like how we transition because like I, I do wonder if there's going to be some sort of like case studies or reviews about how humans have adapted to this and how people are going to feel when they actually have to go back to work. Because mm. if I had to go back to like a corporate office, I don't think I'd, I'd want to. Yeah. Well, I kind of think like, cause I was having this conversation with um, my friend's girlfriend on like uh, WhatsApp and she was like, I just don't want to go back into the office. Like, I'm enjoying doing my work and I'm getting loads of work done. I just mm -hmm. don't want to faff about in the office and get in the tube and da da da. da. She's like, I just want to, yeah. if I have to go in once a week, fine, but I don't want to be going in four or five days a week. And I was like, yeah, I totally get that. Like, why would yeah. you, if you've proved that you can do your work and you can be at home and be happy and be productive in your own space, why would you want to? And it's just like, mm. it is crazy. And I think that a lot of it is like, I feel like we've been set back like a few hundred years in like the evolution of man, because it's like, we've just been, you know, we've just in our tribes, which is our family yeah. or whoever you live with, or, you know, a small select group of people. Mm -hmm. And now we're like being potentially exposed again to this chaotic world, which is what caused this issue in the first place and mm -hmm. being thrown into like, busy trains, busy offices, yeah. busy shops, busy everything, people everywhere. And we're going to be so like, some people are going to thrive, don't get me wrong, but I'm similar to you where I'm quite an introvert and happy in my own space. And I'm already like, yeah. I don't know if I want to go back to that, to be honest. No. I just want to go and live on an island to be like in my little house by myself. <laughs> Honestly, I'm the same. But I do think that now there has to be more freedom of choice and people mm. need to be able to decide yeah. where they work and how they want their working life to be just because... Like it has been proven now, like you said, and also for mental health sake and just overall well-being, if someone works better and is more comfortable working from home or whatever, then they should be allowed yeah. to do that. And I think I li I'd like to think that a lot of workplaces will be more adaptable to that. I don't know if that's the right word, but more, mm -hmm. you know, what I mean, open to it in terms yeah. of, being like, okay, well, look, if you felt like you worked really well, we can clearly see that over the past three months, you've got X amount of work done or you've increased your output or you've been more mm -hmm. productive Then. Yeah, like work from home three days a week. Because a lot of these jobs, you don't even need to be in an office. It's just like the sake of being in an office. Do you know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, yeah, it's a bit mad, isn't it? So what's, exactly. your, what's been your like biggest learning then, do you think, through, through this whole experience and lockdown and all, all the rest of it? Oh, my God. Um, do you know what? There's been two things. One, I think it's definitely been like slowing down like you don't have to work at 100% every single day you don't need to work for me personally 
eight hours a day like I can I'm privileged and lucky enough to be able to sort of split my time up with different things and different projects and actually you know reading a book is part of research for my job and it's okay to like spend half a day reading you know in front of my balcony like whatever um and and I feel more centered and I have like I just feel way better when I just slow down mm. um, and just like notice the details and, you know, have the time to actually like cook and all that kind of stuff. So um, that's one lesson that I've learned. And another one I think is like that the work on yourself doesn't stop, like just because it's a pandemic. Like I've had therapy every single week on Zoom um, and some days some weeks it's been hard because I felt like, you know, my energy was so big because I was contained in my flat and I wanted just to just scream and just <laughs> like let it out. But you, you can't really do that. You know, Lee's here, my boyfriend, he's working. Um, so yeah, some days and some weeks it's been, it's been tough, but then other times it's, my life has felt pretty normal. I'm going to therapy. I'm waking up at my usual time. Um, and I think, yeah, recognizing the importance of having a routine and that unfortunately my life just can't stop because of what's going on. And I think it also reflects that you can find peace within yourself in mm. chaos, um, which I think is what I've been learning pretty much my whole life, but even more so now as an adult, like coming back to myself, um, regardless of just the shit that is going down with the government, with just everything. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, like I feel better about everything. Um, like I said, it is up and down, but I've really enjoyed this time. I know some people have been like working out seven days a week <laughs> and all this stuff. But I think for me, I've actually like became more self-aware. I've like done some incredible things that no one knows about really um, during the, the last three to four months. Um so yeah, it's been productive in just different ways. And I think mm. that we all should, you know, have compassion for people that have struggled during this time. Um, and it's great that some people can be productive and can work out every single day and they're fine. Um, but, you know, some people have really struggled. And I think I've been a bit of both. Like I mm. have been, you know, trying to um, like look after myself, cook, um, exercise meditate etc etc but there has been days where i've done absolutely nothing yeah and i've like slobbed about watched netflix and whatever and i've also enjoyed those days as much as the others so yeah balance for me yeah I'm, i was quite surprised how many like ups and downs i have that's a really fancy little coffee cup you got there by the way isn't great it's, it's like a it's jar a jug. <laughs> yeah but yeah it's like I think it's fascinating how like many ups and downs I have had like I thought at first I was really like oh this is wicked like I've got all this space and time to do stuff but then the days where you're really not in the groove like you're really faced with that because there isn't much you can do to distract yourself other than mm -hmm. you know like what you said sit and watch Netflix or mm -hmm. do something. and I'm not really a tv watching person so for me there's like that eliminates a whole distraction piece. So I'm just really faced yeah. with these feelings and have to yeah. just sit in this kind of guilt of feeling bad and not getting much done and kind of just trying to be okay with that 
and like yeah. like almost coach myself into being like well look it's fine because it's just a day and it might be two days it might be three days but it's going to pass and actually you'll then be able to be more productive off the back of it if you allow yourself to slow down and be more just let the feelings pass rather than trying to fight your way through it if that makes sense by doing yeah. stuff and not being that productive or not being as creative or expressive or whatever yeah so how, how have you dealt with like those feelings of um guilt in terms of like when you do have those days and it's like actually I feel really bad that I'm not getting much done mm-hmm. um I'm really I don't know where this came from I think I was reading something about like fleeting feelings and how you just can't have an attachment to anything and you can't always trust your feelings because they're so fleeting like two seconds you can hate your body and then five minutes later suddenly you feel fine again so I try and not get too detached to how I feel and just know that like it's part of being a cyclic being it's part of like the rhythm of life it's just something that we all go through Mm. so when I feel shit or guilty or whatever I just I just sit with it which can be so uncomfortable Mm. and so painful but I find for me personally the more I resist it, the worse and the longer it lasts um, and the worse it gets. So I just try and like sit with it and let it pass. Like last night, um, I've been, I've been having a few like fear-based um, things like come into my brain. Um, and last night I just started crying out of nowhere. I just got really, really sad, cried, probably lasted like 10 minutes comforted by my boyfriend. Um, and then I fell asleep and I like, woke up this morning kind of like a bit of a heaviness but knowing that well actually that kind of fear um and sadness that I felt has has passed or is passing um and I also try and sometimes explore it if it's a lingering thing um I'm really curious about like my own development how my brain works Mm. my projections how I react things I find it very very interesting um and I'm quite inquisitive in that sense um but then obviously like I'm only human so some days yeah I'm just a mess yeah <laughs> um and that's all right like exactly. I've I read there's this quote that I read it's I can't remember it exactly but it's so amazing and it says the universe is a mess you have um like shooting stars you have asteroids you have things flying to be put together is being is like being unaligned with the cosmos or being Mm. out of sync with the cosmos and i was like i fucking love that because i'm just messy all the time yeah um and i've had to really come to terms of actually it's okay being messy so yeah yeah, it's so yeah. true. And that's it. I think it's the acceptance of it, isn't it? And that's the hardest bit is to, to be okay with it because we often want to fight through it. We want to be like, yeah. no, I need to make myself feel better. But then we end up chasing this feeling of wanting to feel better and not feeling better. And then you're going on this endless cycle and it lasts longer than probably it would if you just sat with it and, and were with it. Yeah. Um, I think you, um, it's, I personally feel like you have to be brutally honest and brutally kind. So there are some days that I'm just sat there. It's been hours and I'm just moping. I think, right, this enough is enough now. Put on some music, dance out, have hmm. a snack. Like just, just get this energy moving. Um, and it's all about self-awareness because you can't be able to 
completely love on yourself like unconditionally but also hold yourself accountable if you're not aware of what's actually going on so I tell people like explore and be curious about what's going on underneath the surface because otherwise you're sort of just walking through life blind Mm. you know what I mean yeah and what, what do you do then to explore those feelings um therapy obviously um that's like the biggest thing because I mean I thought I was self-aware until I started (laughs) therapy and I was like wow um so yeah definitely therapy which I obviously recognize that it's a privilege to be able to uh have therapy um journaling helps me massively um and I journal pretty much every morning um, I do like long form sort of unconscious, subconscious journaling. I just sort of write and see what comes up. And usually it's about stuff that I'm trying to bury or stuff that I didn't know was bothering me, but was, um, and see it kind of form on the page, but having no judgment. Mm. Like if someone read my journal, oh my God, like my journal is honestly it's fucked up like it's so angry it's so sad it's so dark I'm like trash talking my boyfriend like all of the shit comes out in my journal but if it doesn't come out there it's gonna come out somewhere else so um I love journaling and being able to process and also like like I said before sit with my feelings being in nature um and just exploring what's going on I ask myself questions all of the time um I read quite a lot I've been reading recently about threat and reward Mm. um and people that operate from that and how to find a more balanced connection that was interesting um and like superior inferior feelings um and I think one big thing is to like not take yourself too seriously yeah um in therapy of the past year of really recognize like my narcissistic traits and like my toxic traits whereas maybe two years ago I've been like me toxic never because I was so adamant that I was never the problem um and I've really learned just to be like well actually what if you are the problem and just not getting too attached to yes and no and right or wrong um there's a massive gray area when it comes to consciousness and just um being a human being so that's kind of all the things that I do but again sometimes none of it works and some days are just shit Mm. and that's all right yeah exactly it's interesting isn't it because it's like I feel like the more you explore things the deeper the the more deep you make your understanding of yourself that's not even Mm -hmm. the right grammatical we got it we got it your understanding (laughs) of yourself there we go you you do start to get more back from it and like you said some days Mm -hmm. it might not be anything but some days it might be a lot and either way, it's all right. But if you can keep deepening that understanding of yourself, you're able to face up more to the feelings when they do come because you're like, oh, okay, I'm feeling like this because that. Yeah. And that's totally fine rather than like always causing a conflict around any negative feeling or sadness mm-hmm. or anger that you're feeling. Mm-hmm. You can just be like, okay, well, it's fine. It's just a feeling. I know I felt this before and I know that it's passed before. So this is inevitably yeah. going to pass too. And I think it's yeah. uh, like the, the journaling thing, you know, definitely helps in that way. But also I find like just talking it out. That's why I do the podcast. So I, I, I share so much mm. on the podcast and like in my videos and stuff, because that's my way of journaling in a way, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I find it so fascinating. So like when you, when you're going through these processes, what are like the, the things that you're trying to get out of it personally? Mm. 
so funny because I had therapy on Monday and I, I'm going through this stage where, so basically I initially started therapy because um, I was aware that I didn't feel intimate, like intimacy with anyone. Mm. I didn't feel attached to anyone. I basically, I had, before my boyfriend, I had no attachment to anyone, not my family, friends, nothing. I've never formed attachments um, because of my childhood. Mm. Um, and I struggled with relationships and I just knew something was going on. Um, so I was single, I started therapy, then I met my boyfriend, which is so typical of the universe because I couldn't heal my issues with men without being in a relationship. So yeah. met the love of my life, whatever, whatever. Um, and the stuff that's come up for me is so painful around like sexual trauma, around men, around um, control, manipulation, um, all of this stuff. So that's what I was initially working with. And the things that I was experiencing were bands, that's what I mm. call them. So I would be fine. And then my boyfriend would say something or something would happen and I would fucking erupt. And it would be either um, with crying, with shouting, with a panic attack. Um, I actually turned to substance um, abuse, which I haven't shared before, um, last year. Um, and it's just been, yeah, pretty, just rough, pretty, pretty rough. Um, but recently, in the last like four to five months, I've made like a massive shift. Mm. Um, I don't really have any bangs anymore. I'm able to self-regulate. I'm able to contain myself. I'm able to articulate myself um, and make sure that my needs are met by myself or my boyfriend within our relationship or friends or whatever. But that makes me feel like I'm not making progress because I was viewing the bangs and that drama as, oh, okay, like I'm, I'm having these bangs because I feel safe and because I'm working through stuff, et cetera, et cetera. But now that my healing is like more subtle, mm. I'm really struggling with that. And I said to my therapist on Monday, I said, I feel stuck because I'm not experiencing these massive breakthroughs. So I'm, I'm like, I'm just worrying whether I'm doing this right, like what should therapy be like for me now? Because ultimately I'm in this space now where I see all my projections, I see all of my shit, I know what I'm trying to control, um, I know when I've got into a victim mindset, but where I want to be is to never have those things. Mm. Um, I don't want to project. I don't want to have to um, work through this kind of stuff. That's what my end goal looks like for me um just not having these dark thoughts that come up or not looking at lee and seeing like an ex-boyfriend from five years ago that's the kind of stuff yeah. that i'm working on so i feel like i'm at platform 99 <laughs> of 100 and i can't get on the train that's mm. what it feels like um so yeah just like obviously working on self-awareness and self-development and um, being a more like balanced centered person, but ultimately I'm restructuring my whole personality um, in terms of like how I react to things, just my perspectives of life and my perceptions. Um, and that takes a lot of time, but I'm so different to how I was like a year ago, two years ago. Um, but it's such a long journey. Mm. So Yeah. I mean, you can probably relate. Yeah, 100%. Because it's like, I find that a lot of the, the attachment we have a lot of the time is to an outcome that we're expecting. 
So we place a lot of our happiness in the expectation of the outcome we want. And when we don't get the outcome, we then go backwards in feeling sad or unhappy or frustrated. And I think that for me, like a lot of the time when I've gone through similar processes of trying to figure things out and like feeling the bangs as you called them, you, 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 you know, okay, I felt this, I've come through it, I'm moving on. But when there's less of that and actually the, the gaps in between are bigger, you start yeah. to worry more like, do, have, my, have I lowered my expectations? Have I, mm. you know, have I become too comfortable in this environment? Mm. You know, you start to question a lot. But for me, it's like, actually, if I, if I do just a little thing, so like this podcast recording, for example, right? This could go horrendous or this could be amazing. It could be the best podcast ever and mm. the whole world could listen to it or three people could listen to it. I'm fine with either because I, I don't, yeah. I'm not, I don't put an expectation on the outcome anymore. I'm yeah. here to do this conversation and how that is and how that turns out is fine. You know, mm-hmm. we could have a massive mm-hmm. argument halfway through. That's also fine. <laughs> do you know, no, but do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. and that's, I think that's a lot of the work that I've done is like understanding actually we place our happiness in expectations of outcomes. And that's like either an outcome in a conversation an outcome in a potential mm. relationship an outcome at work an outcome with finances an outcome with whatever but actually, if you yeah. remove those expectations and you remove your attachment to the desired outcome and you don't mind either way, then nothing's yeah. going to bother you because you're not, you don't yeah. mind, you know? It's so, it's like placing it's control, isn't it? Like it's wanting to know what's going to happen, when it's going to happen. And I really struggle with that. Um, and it comes from a place of like trying to make yourself feel safe and trying mm. to predict you know, how someone's going to react and stuff. And obviously that comes from growing up in an abusive household or um, whatever someone experiences. Um, but it's so ego. It's so like your ego just trying to keep you um, in this like chaotic, mm. unhappy, like joyless place. Um, but it's so, like I'm still on that journey where I, I'm like, mm, that's my ego. And I can, I can hear the different voices in my head and I'm trying to work out like which one is which and who should I be listening to? And it can be so exhausting. Like doing this kind of work is a full-time job. Mm, Seriously. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And do you know what? It's really fascinating actually because like a lot of this stuff, I've just finished writing my book and I've kind of laid it out in a way where it's like in four sections. So like the first section is about understanding. So like an understanding of life and understanding of, you know, what happiness is, whatever. The second Mm. section is about the mind and understanding the way the mind works. So what we're just talking about, like having expectations and how they, we place our happiness in the expectations um, and how we relate to uh, pleasure and pain. And then the third section is about self-love and understanding that love and compassion. And once you open yourself up for that love, you're then more open to receiving that from everywhere else in life. And then the final section is about living in the freedom of all of that. And that's where like the non-attachment comes in. That's where actually when you're not attached to scenarios, situations, people, things, that's when you truly live in this freedom of life. Mm -hmm. And it's just like that whole learning process that I've gone has basically been through those steps. And it's just like when you get there and you realize it, and it's not constant, as we've said, you know, but when you yeah. get there and you're, and you're on platform 99 trying to get to platform 100, you're actually mm. like, actually, it's not that bad being on platform 99. It's better than being on platform <laughs> 25, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's so true. And it is a journey. And 
you don't know like you know where you're going to end up but you don't know where you're going to end up at the same time and it's mm. being comfortable with just sort of free falling and a lot of it is just like trusting that the universe has your back because otherwise you would just you'd kill yourself trying to figure out where you're going to end up how it's going to be what it's going to look like and it's so you can lose hours mm. days weeks like years of your life um you just have to let go Mm, exactly. which is harder than it than it obviously but ultimately it is like and i think one of the things i've learned through this pandemic is like literally nothing is guaranteed like we like we really are seeing that now like how temporary everything is and and the way that life was how temporary it all was and it all came tum- tumbling down so quickly and it's like the way that i've been kind of talking about with like coaching clients and stuff is like if you trusted right that you, in where you're getting to and where you're heading like imagine it like in like a field which is covered in snow like fresh snow and you knew where you were getting to no matter the direction you went in are you going to follow the one trail of footsteps that lead to that point or are you going to go off in the fresh snow and have your own fun and end up mm-hmm. there anyway and trust that you're going to get mm. to the same place you yeah know? and that's how i'm kind of feeling about like life at the minute is like I'm trusting in where I'm going to get to. Mm-hmm. And, it's hard. and it's more fun. Yeah. It's more fun though. Like I'm very much like, not by the book, but I've, I've had a career pretty much since I was seven years old. and I've had access to money since I was seven years old. Um, and I have put my career before everything. Like I'd have my friends having parties and, you know, experimenting with like smoking and alcohol. And that just was not for me. I was like, mm. no, like I know that I need to be successful. I need to get out of this town. I need to get out of my family home. I want to go and, you know, go off and like dance into the sunset. <laughs> That's the kind of child that I was. And I took that with me, like constantly grinding, constantly working, um, constantly just striving for more. Um, and definitely control, like trying to control my journey and trying to be like, right, well, in my head, I want to be here at this point. Um, and then losing my fucking shit when I'm not there. But mm. what I've, yeah, what I've realized is that you have to make uncomfortable, difficult decisions. You have to make choices that scare you. Um, and you sometimes just have to jump and just hope that someone catches you. And you, you always caught, even if you're catching yourself. Um, so yeah, that's one thing that I've learned, even with like my career, like in the last few, like last year, so much has changed. I was shitting myself for like two years, knowing that I needed a change with direction, with team, with just everything. And it just took me so long to do it. And with me, it's like, I have to keep trying at something until I'm done. Mm. It takes me a long time to be done with something. So um, yeah, it's been a journey. Let's just yeah. say that. But like you said, you've got to enjoy the journey, right? And I think that's that's the beauty of it, is like when you learn to enjoy the journey, no matter where you're at, then mm-hmm. the whole perspective changes. Like everything shifts because you're like, actually this is really fun. Like I'm, I'm having fun learning about myself. I'm having fun, like feeling how I'm feeling right now, if good or bad, because I know that it's going to make me great beyond this. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the beauty. And I noticed the other day that you wrote something on Instagram. I think it was on Saturday about like gratitude. Yeah. Um, So what, what are you like the most grateful for right now? What am I most grateful for? My team, 
I've been with my team since January and I just think they're incredible. Like they're actually incredible. And I feel like supported. I feel understood. I just feel like they get me. Um, and I just haven't felt that for such a long time. So um, super, super grateful for them. Grateful that I took the fucking chance and decided to apply to become a therapist. Yes. So, um, yeah, I've been accepted at the Bird Institute to study to be mm. a TA therapist. So I'm like over the moon, over the moon. Um, and just grateful for like life, grateful for my plants, grateful for where I live, grateful that I can pay my rent because with this COVID stuff, it has been a mm. struggle. Um, brands that want to pay. So, I mean, freelancers will know. No one pays on time anyway. So, um, yeah, just grateful just to be here to be experiencing to be feeling looking forward to like what's to come like i'm ready to go to bali for like a month like as soon as we can go traveling again and it's like safe and i personally feel like it's safe i'm going um i'll come i'll come <laughs> yeah because oh, i just need yeah. i need like a fresh smoothie on a beach oh my god with the sun that's what i need um yeah grateful for like my amazing jug like i find gratitude in the smallest most mm. ridiculous things like ice um water lemon and ice like that every single morning is like oh my god what i love mm. yeah what, what are you did, grateful for oh that's a great question thank you for asking um <laughs> <laughs> you know what just 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 like the abundance of life. Like, I don't know how to really like explain it, but just like everything, like I've just come back from, cause I was traveling at the start of the year. I came yeah, back. Yeah, how was that? I was so jealous. Amazing. Like the best experience, like traveling for me is like, it serves me in so many ways that like, I come back every time, like a new person. Like it's crazy, mm. which is why it's always super important for me to travel because not, I'm not doing it to escape. I'm doing it to evolve, to grow, to learn. Like even just some of the conversations yeah. you have with people like that you would never have expected to meet anyway or mm. just the places that you end up. And I came back with such a fresh mind and like this joy of life. And I wanted to go and do more traveling this year and all this sort of stuff. And obviously COVID has yeah. happened and lockdown and all of that. But like, I'm just here. Like, so I'm in my bedroom and like beyond my laptop screen is like my window and there's just like trees, like uh, over like, a, there's like a playing field. So like over the playing field, there's trees. And every day I just look out at those trees and I'm like, they're amazing trees. Like, and I've never, I fucking, I fucking yeah, love trees. I've never, but I've never looked at them in like, this was my mm. bedroom until I was about 27, like 26 or whatever. And I never looked at those trees and admired them once. They were just trees. So it's just yeah. like little things like that. It's like having the, the gratitude for things like that, having the gratitude for having time with my family, having gratitude to have the space mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually to actually focus on the things that I want to do, like the coaching, like doing more of the podcast, writing and finishing my book. Like I wouldn't have got that stuff done in, in such a short period of time. It would have happened eventually, mm. but I wouldn't have got it done in such a short mm. period of time if this hadn't happened. And then just grateful for just, yeah, just being here. Do you know what I mean? Just existing. <laughs> like life is great. Like really, like yeah. it's amazing. When you actually deep it, it's like amazing. It's like we're, mm -hmm. we're part of such a big system, like you mentioned with the cosmos and stuff. And it's like, how can you not just look at that and be like, wow. This I know. Is have, I feel like, have you watched Out of the Shadows? No. I feel like you need to watch it. Okay. Is it on Netflix? It's, 
No, it's on YouTube. It's like okay. an hour and a bit long. Um, it's very interesting. I don't like. I've been reading up a lot about um, the Schumann resonance and like mm. the vibration of the Earth and a few conspiracy theories and um, basically like celebrity culture and what's happening um, in terms of like Trump, America, um, the Jeffrey Epstein case. I've been yeah just doing some research and it's wild but out of the shadows is a really good documentary um just to like implant something in your brain something to think about but inception yeah um but yeah it's all about evolving it's all about like opinion it's all about hearing other people's theories and you know i i find it i find the world fascinating Mm. like the whole like <laughs> the whole lizard species, like, I find mm-hmm. it. Have you heard about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lizard yeah, people. I just yeah, I just find it so fascinating because I'm like, it's so random that it can't not be true, but it's so ridiculous that it. it do you know what I mean? Like, it it's could just, be. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like yeah. So it's yeah, the Earth and the universe is yeah. a crazy place. What, what's one thing then that you're like? super into right now that's like a little bit left field that's like super like you're properly in it like you're like wanting to learn more and you're like fully because I'm the kind of person right it's like I'll learn about something and like that thing will take over my life for like a month and I'll be like and that that could be something like to do with like health or it could be something to do with like spirituality or it could be something you know whatever something I've read and I'm like or like a conspiracy theory like what's something that you're proper geeking out on right now Okay, so maybe a month and a bit ago, I was reading that Trump is actually a light worker and <laughs> he's on this earth to serve like a higher purpose. So I was like, mm, that's an interesting concept. So I looked into that. That was interesting. Don't agree with it, but I understand people's point of views. Yeah, what's, what's, um, the, what's the, the, the evidence around that? So, well, there, have you heard of QAnon? No. I say so QAnon is like this higher than government level Mm. people that are anonymous and they have these QAnon like tribes and they basically send out random pieces of information for people to decode Mm. Um, and part of that has been like what Trump is actually doing and what the media are portraying him as. Now, what I find interesting is that I'm always wary of how the media portray someone good or bad because the media has an agenda Mm. now i think trump is a dickhead but i do question why the media make out that he's so bad all of the time because the media never work in our favor do you know what i mean Mm. we're always lied to so that was why i was curious because i was like this is very true because the media always has an agenda oh um so yeah i was just looking into that and basically they were just saying things like um the wall isn't a bad thing it's to stop sex traffic um child sex trafficking because it's coming through that particular border i was just basically in a fucking deep dive hole <laughs> um trying to figure out if trump was a good person yeah. um and i just sort of left it because i just wasn't getting anywhere and it's it's just i think america is so vast with just like opinions and agendas and what's mm. real and what's fake and you can get so um lost with conspiracy theories 
Um, so yeah, I was doing a lot of research on that at one point and then I just got bored and left it. Um, but it is, it is interesting to see other people's opinions and views. Um, so that was where I was at a few months ago. And then since then, not much. I think um, I've just been trying to focus on like my, um, I guess, rebrand and next stage of my life. Because obviously I'm training to be a therapist. So um, I was deciding whether I was going to go to uni mm. and what degree I would do versus going to the Berlin Institute and if I could study there directly with them, which I can, I've been accepted. So I was just doing a lot of research on like degrees and uni because I never went to uni so I've got no idea how it works. Mm. So I was just, yeah, googling a lot and on YouTube and, and things like that. And that's, that's it. But I do have an addiction to smoothies. <laughs> that's one thing that I'm obsessed with. I have a smoothie every single day. Yeah. Um, and I just find it the most mindful therapeutic practice, also very nourishing and all the plant-based goodness. Um, so, oh, okay. So one thing, <laughs> this is at the beginning of quarantine. Yeah. One thing that I was obsessed with was researching like plant-based diets, alkaline diets. Okay. Um, one meat is bad for you. Just looking at like food and the food industry. Um, yeah. It's wild, isn't it? That that is that, oh my, that is that. Oh, yeah, I was saying like it's wild, like the food thing because like when you deep it and you really look into it, so like something like milk, for example, milk is uh, we're told that milk is good for our bones because it's high in calcium. It's really yeah. not that high in calcium when you look into it versus no. other veg that you can eat. But yeah. the whole reason that we've been taught that is because it was a marketing sales point for milk back in the 50s mm-hmm. or whenever I was like you should mm-hmm. drink milk because it's high in calcium the same way they used to tell us you should smoke cigarettes because they're good for your health which was like <laughs> the original marketing campaign for like yeah. Marlboro or whatever yeah just like when you actually look into it you're like oh my god like my whole life mm-hmm. of food has been a lie it's yeah I find it really interesting also coming from someone that had an eating disorder and had really deep issues with food mm. um, I've only really been like in a space over the last year maybe to look at um, the food industry in a way that didn't trigger me or make me mm. feel bad about myself or whatever um, so yeah I found it really interesting um, looking at like the lies that we've been fed essentially and also just different opinions on it and recognising that people can actually make their own decisions if they do their own research um, so yeah, that was also one thing that I was heavily into. <laughs> yeah. What, like, like you mentioned the eating disorder there. Like what mm. I'm interested in because like, I can't like comprehend it because like I've always loved food. So it's like, yeah. what, what was your relationship like with food in terms of like when you were in that space? Like what mm. would stop you eating certain things or like why would you feel bad about certain things? Like what's the kind of whole yeah. mindset behind it? So growing up, I was always aware that I was not thin. Um, I look back at pictures and I wasn't big, but I wasn't thin. Um, and there's so much pressure placed on women and young girls to look a certain mm. way, especially that I went to a performing arts school. So I was a leotard all the time. Mm. And, you know, your dance teachers tell you, you know, watch your weight. Like that's a kind of um, language that I grew up around. 
Um, and I was picked on because of my way, again, wasn't actually big, but just not thin like the other girls. And obviously it does come down to um, Eurocentric beauty standards. Um, and, you know, it is just horrific. Mm-hmm. Um, but when someone keeps telling you that you are something, you eventually believe them. Um, so at 12, I just developed an eating disorder. I was sick of being told that I was fat but also I think that if it was to happen to a child that didn't have issues at home or wasn't experiencing trauma they may react differently Mm. but I internalized everything because it was never safe for me to say what I actually felt what was actually happening um so I didn't understand it I just knew that oh okay like I just need to be thin and that was it for me it was black and white so that started when I was 12 you know, family putting me on diets, never really my mum, but, you know, distant relatives commenting and uncles and having opinions on what I look like. Mm. Um, And that just became my life pretty much until 2016. So a long time. Um, And I saw a psychiatrist when I was 21, I think, um, about depression and just self-harm and just all the things that I was feeling and he basically said to me that all my issues are coming from um, abandonment from my dad and my weight and he literally gave me a leaflet for Weight Watchers so I've been taught by professionals that all my issues are because of what I look like and it's Mm. just knowing knowing trauma now um that is so like that's such a mistreatment I can't even begin to describe. Yeah. Um, so it didn't always manifest with not eating. It manifests with overeating and then throwing up or um, feeling guilty around food, feeling ashamed, using food to control, using food to um, hurt myself, to make myself feel better. It was just constant. Um, and then when you, when I got well, obviously I wanted to eat everything, try foods I hadn't tried for years, inner child foods like Cocoa Pops and beans on toast. And you do go through a stage in recovery, no matter what you look like, no matter what size you are, where um, you want to eat everything. And I tell people like binge eating is actually, is a manifestation of, of restriction. Mm. Um, and you can have, you can restrict to any, any size and you haven't got to look anorexic to have anorexia. Um, which is something that I think that NHS and a lot of doctors still don't understand. And I think that issues with food is still heavily under-researched and um, is very much centres, you know, white middle-class women when actually you can be black, you can be plus size, you can be Asian Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and have issues with food. Um, So, yeah, I just always viewed food as like, um, well, I guess in the last few years I viewed it as like, this is what I'm going to eat because I didn't eat it for so long. I'm going to enjoy this, etc., etc., um, And intuitively ate. Um, but there was no sort of, there was no emotional space within me that could look at food um, in terms of eating for the planet and just eating um, foods that were right for my body. It was more like, this is what I'm fancying. This is what I'm craving today. Whereas now I try and eat more plant-based just because, um, it's more alkaline for Mm. my body and just health in general, but then also at the same time honoring cravings that do come up. And I think that that's why I was really against kind of this whole clean eating veganism trend that happened because it was very much like 
one size fits all this is how you you meet you need to eat and this is it whereas actually i think humans need space to um have balance mm. and i you know pretty much eat plant-based every day but if i crave prawns or i crave a bit of chicken every now and then i'm gonna have it because um I that's just what I want to do mm-hmm. um and I think that people should have more compassion for people when they make food choices um and it's a privilege it's a privilege to eat plant-based it's a privilege to eat um a certain way um and we should all remember that really so yeah for sure and like so what what would you like say to your younger self then in terms of like food not like in terms of like the the whole like big picture of everything you've just described but like Mm -hmm. in terms of that relationship with food Mm -hmm. what would you say to yourself in terms of like certain foods that you wouldn't eat or certain foods that you felt comfortable eating like Mm -hmm. what would the message be there well it was also about like my self-worth and like giving food you know morals like Mm. well if you eat the good foods and um eat, eat these certain foods you're be morally superior or you you won't gain any weight um and that's the kind of language that I often had and for the per- first six months of my um ED treatment I was all I was learning was to think kind thoughts that was literally it because I just my thoughts were so so horrific about myself mm. um and I had to do a lot of unlearning because we're taught and there's like a blanket way to eat and it's like you know, fats, carbs, whatever, whatever, all these different food groups and how you should eat them and healthy snacks and all that kind of stuff. And actually, like I danced my whole life. Of course I was going to be bigger because I was fucking full of muscle and very fit. Um, And I'm going to eat more because I'm literally burning thousands of calories a day because I used to dance 28 hours a week. Like I was, that was like my life. Yeah. And that was it. And I'm, I'm quite health conscious and I don't think people think that you can be plus size and health conscious and yeah. I'm, I've always been health conscious and I've always been healthy and fit and exercised and um I've really had to actually place my validation and the way I view healthy like inside of myself and not pay attention to outside means and you know it's so hard because doc- doctors are fat phobic and the NHS are are pretty horrific when it comes to treatment of you know plus size people and again everything has an agenda everything um you know has has funding from somewhere if you look at articles about dairy mm. it's funded by the fucking dairy yeah, industry exactly so we're not taught that and i and i've gone on a journey to recognize that and i'm in such an incredible place with sort of how i view the world and i'm obviously still learning but also just showing compassion for my um inner child and just learning to actually step into my adult shoes and make decisions and sometimes my inner child will be like I absolutely need to eat this today <laughs> and then so, and then for the most part it's my adult making the decisions but um I think it's really important that I know the two um so yeah it's such an intricate interesting vast subject but i think that is why i'm so passionate about taking up space within the wellness industry Mm. because it's so white it's so middle class it's so thin and no offense um, taken by the way (laughs) 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 and um that's funny um and that's just not that's just not it 
you know, it needs to be inclusive, it needs to be diverse. Um, And I've done so much research on all these different aspects of what, you know, well-being is. Um, And it's different for everyone. Mm. It's self-defined, like it's not one thing works for everyone. And if it was that way, everyone would be healthy. No one would have mental health issues and everyone mm. would be the same size. That's not the way the exactly. world works. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, it, com- it comes down to the self aw- self-awareness thing, doesn't it? Of like being true to yourself and knowing yourself. Because mm. then you know, okay, these are the things that are good for me. This is my body type, my body, or whatever, you know, you, yeah. you get a sense of all of that and you can, you can own it. And I think that's, mm-hmm. the, that's the thing is we don't often own who we are. We, we're trying to own yeah. being someone else. But it's also, we're never, we're never taught self-trust. We're never taught consent and we're never taught self-advocacy. And that's where the problem is because we're taught to count calories, which basically tells us that you can't trust your hunger cues. Um, And we're taught that our intuition isn't anything. We should listen to this person and do this. Mm. And then we never teach consent to children outside of like sex. So that's where the problem is. And we all have to learn to do that you know um luckily i think our generation are the generation that are doing the work and are healing and our children are not going to have to experience and do the work the way we've had to um but yeah it's 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 draining and Mm. exhausting um but i don't think i want it any other way because going through what i've been through and working with my body and my mind and everything that's like the biggest sort of research and experience that i've had in terms of training Mm. like Obviously, I read books and I'm academically studying, but nothing, nothing will give you what life experience can exactly. and what, you know, your own body and your intuition will teach you. And I think that's really important for people to understand. Exactly. And that, that's so true for me. Like everything that I do has come out of life experience rather than formal education and i'm not saying formal education is a bad thing because you have to go down that route for certain things but Mm -hmm. you'll ultimately have a deeper understanding of therapy through having therapy through having been through what you've been through through the trauma through the healing you're going to have a deeper understanding of all of it based on the experience and the formal education will just give you the qualifications that you need to then order to operate in that space which is amazing Mm -hmm. But it's like all of it comes down to that experience and that understanding. It's like you can't, you can't fully understand something unless you experience it yourself. And that's, that's true yeah. for anything. Like you, yeah. you just, it's just, you're never going to be, you can read about it as much as you like to, to educate yeah. yourself. But unless yeah. you've experienced it, you're never going to fully understand that thing. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that's the, that's perhaps what needs to shift with, you know, t- teaching the, the younger generations about all of these issues that you've just mentioned consent and growing up and mental health issues and all of this stuff is like mm-hmm. we're not taught about that in schools and when we're growing up because the people who have set up the school systems and the educational systems and whatever haven't had as much experience life experience in that to then educate yeah. on how to actually prevent it you know whereas our generation there is a bit more of an uprise in those things so hopefully we can then reshape the culture and the learnings to provide the younger generations what they need to help them understand it from an earlier age rather than getting to like 25 and being like oh my fucking life what is going on right here right mm-hmm. now and mm-hmm. being like okay cool i kind of understand it a bit because i've kind of grown up with a, a knowledge yeah. of it you know? i think that every single system needs to be shut down 
and restarted education like just prison just everything like it's not serving us it's not working um and at the end of the day like what happens to you between naught and three shapes mm. the rest of your life that is proven so like we need to really seriously rethink the structures and the systems because they don't work um and so what more what more proof do people and the powers that be need for them to listen and it's just it's shit and it's it's so hard and sometimes you feel like you're kind of going against the tide but that's why it's so important for people to do their own thing have their own hobbies read their own books like knowledge is power at the end of the day um and yeah it's such a I just think about my younger self and I'm like wow <laughs> like sometimes if it was like all of that just wasn't necessary like if I had you know a family that had done their research but our parents generation was so disempowered especially the women mm. just like you know figuring out consciousness or how the world actually works like, and what's actually happening but thankfully like it's not going to happen again mm. like I've break I've broken the cycle the same way yeah. that you have but then also like in a way like you wouldn't be who you are and I wouldn't be who mm. I am if I didn't experience that so like in, mm-hmm. in a weird like probably a little bit psychotic way. I'm really thankful for it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because it's yeah. like, I wouldn't be here today having this conversation with you if I hadn't been through all of that and vice versa, you yeah. know? So it's like, part of me is like, yeah, it was great to experience. Okay, it was shit at the time. Very mm. shit at the time. But ultimately, it shaped me into the human being I am. So it's like, at what point do we, you know, like I said, it all comes down to experience, right? You can't yeah. understand something unless you've experienced it. So at what point do you, I guess if you're set up with an understanding and a foundation foundational knowledge of the thing mm-hmm. from an earlier age when you do experience it maybe it's less traumatic is i guess yeah what I and that's what it is it's building up children with resilience like most children face adversity um but it's the children that have resilience and have a strong foundation and know um you know have an innate sense of self that's where the difference mm. is um, and hopefully that we will have children, you know, um, and the next generation will have that sense of resilience and sense of self mm. and be able to cope more um, with just life. I remember reading about the fact that souls choose to reincarnate and choose mm. the journeys before they get here. And when I read about that, I was like, so I fucking chose this life. <laughs> but it was sort of like so hard, but also like, I was like, well, that makes things better knowing that I actually, I subconsciously somewhere deep where I've forgotten, I chose to do this. Um, but yeah, yeah, proper, proper interesting, isn't it? It is when you dive in, it's super deep. Um, do, you know what I, do you know what I am interested in actually? Is like how, how, um, cause we tried to get Lee on here to do this with us, but he couldn't, he mm. couldn't do the time. Like how's like the relationship been like in lockdown? Like, has there been things that have like come up that you wouldn't have normally have come up or you've like exposed areas of yourself mm-hmm. through, you know, being so confined in one space together for such a long period of time. Yeah. Like, how's that all played out? So one thing has been the fact that we actually need more space than we've been having in our relationship. So when me, when me and Lee met, it was so quick. It was so powerful. It was so profound because we both knew that this is actually like we're twin flames, like this is crazy. So, you know, I met him in September and by November he was living with me. Like that's how fast it was because we were just head over heels in love. And it's, it's pretty much been the same since like, 
we're just so incredibly in love um and just there in this relationship we're just there basically um but that's resulted in more me not having enough space mm. because I mean it wasn't until maybe two months ago my therapist mentioned like my needs and I was like what and I was so triggered because I've never ever heard someone say what are your needs ever mm. um and it happens a lot with sex with my boyfriend so because of my sexual trauma He's very good with consent, very good with talking to me. And he asked me about my needs once and I lost my fucking shit. Um, and I was like, wow, like, wow. So um, I recognized that actually I have a need for space. I have a need for solitude. I have a need not to talk. Um, and even space where he's upstairs and I'm downstairs, that's enough for me. But I need to be alone sometimes and I need to like breathe. Um, and the days where Lee is out working, um, the days that I love, because I can potter about, I can get things done, I can tidy up, I can do all the things that, being a Virgo, I love doing. <laughs> um, and admitting that is, is fine. So I've definitely learned that my needs are important and that um, it's okay to have space. And another thing, and Lee will kill me for saying this, but the, because of the work that I'm doing, um, I think the the better I get, the more Lee's shit is coming out. Um, so I'm like, In what sense? Um, Lee has an issue with authority. Okay. Um, and that's coming out more and more and more. And he doesn't like being asked to do things, which I think is a man thing. Um, like he hates being told like to hoover or clean or whatever. And he's admitted this before on my YouTube channel, but he definitely, definitely has an issue with that. Um, and it's fun and it's, you know, it's not like deep in his soul. Um, but I think the more that we're together and confined and the, the better I get and the more self-awareness that I get, the more me and Lee are like, oh, he's got things to work on too. Because mm. pretty much it's been all my shit for the last two years. Um, which is normal. I think when you're in a relationship and you're not codependent, one person levels up, yeah. the, the other person's got to level up. That's just the way it goes. So as I'm leveling up, Lee's having to level up. And obviously it happens vice versa in different ways. Um, but generally, like, we're so happy we, we fucking survived. Like, mm -hmm. we were in bed yeah. the other night having a debrief. And we were like, actually... Because we've been through a lot. Like, our relationship hasn't been easy. I think behind, like on Instagram or, you know, with friends and family, no one knows because me and Lee, obviously my close friends know, but me and Lee keep our stuff to our, ourselves. Mm. But um, it hasn't been easy. A lot of things have happened in our relationship um, that have been outside and affected us or it has been us. Um, and yeah, we were saying like, we're celebrating two years in a few months and um, we've been in lockdown since March 18th, I think. Yeah. Um, we haven't killed each other. I've been close, but it hasn't happened. So, um, yeah, we're going to celebrate, I think, when we yeah. can eventually go out and just celebrate, like, all we've achieved and experienced and just, like, that we've survived and actually grown closer. Like, I love him so much. Like, he's just mm. the best man to me. So, um, yeah, it's beautiful. What's, what's the biggest learning you've made about him then in this time? The biggest what, sorry? Learning. Hmm. 
that I that yeah like we're in love I think I was in denial a little bit like not in denial but it's hard when when you've had conditional love it's hard to believe that someone actually loves you unconditionally and he does like I know that I piss him off I know that I'm demanding I know that I'm bossy <laughs> I know that I'm oh, all, it's all these coming things. out <laughs> yeah and yet he still loves me and he's there and he shows up um and like at the end of every day he is there mm. and I've never had that before so just that this is real we are doing this we are building a life um and that he's also a little shit <laughs> and he gets on my nerves yeah. and it's okay like it's okay not to constantly be exactly lovey-dovey all the time it's just not feasible so yeah, yeah. that's awesome and what what um have you got any like non-negotiables within your relationship like with each other like with like you you I don't know man it's been so long since it's been in relationship so I don't even know these things anymore but like <laughs> like um you, you know you you have to do something together in the morning or you have yeah. to spend x amount of time having a conversation or whatever it is okay yeah 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 so one negotiable is that in the mornings downstairs is like off bounds for like an hour so I get up early pretty much before him or even mm. if he's awake he will let me have an hour downstairs by myself because I like to like cleanse the space I like to journal have an iced coffee have my water I don't like being around people in the morning straight away mm-hmm. um so that's one non-negotiable that I have put in place um and he adheres to but we don't really have any in terms of our relationship um I think that communication and like comprehension is like a non-negotiable that we both have in place but we don't we've never put it there like we've said it but it's just sort of the basis of our relationship and mutual respect Mm. as well um that's like one thing and taking the time to see other people's point of views like when we first met I never saw his point of view it was always me 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 and I've had to really really learn that and now that's like pretty much the basis of our relationship or any debate or argument that we have we have to be like you know I understand what you're saying I see your point of view however (laughs) (laughs) I don't agree with it (laughs) um yeah but I think like I'm on negotiables like well before we met Mm. so I knew that I needed to be with a guy that was sex positive body positive had been through um therapy um, had was ambitious, you know, drove. There was just certain things that I was not gonna um, debate on, and then he came along and ticked all of them. Just like that. So just like that. Honestly, when we met, I was like, "Is this a fucking joke?" Because he's literally me, but just mm. he's just got a penis. Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> did, did it scare you at first? Then, like having yeah feeling. Yeah, because I, so basically, we, met, we matched on Bumble. I was on Bumble for one day. We matched. What a day. I know. And that night, I was packing because I was going to LA the next day for work. So, I, we were talking on Bumble for a small amount of time, maybe like 10 minutes. And then I gave him my number. And then we were, I was voice noting him and he was responding through text. And then he called me and I picked up the phone and I knew. He said hello, and I was like, that is the man I'm going to marry. Just like that. And I've never, 
ever had that in my life. I've obviously had instant attraction before, but this was like deep sense of like soul level knowing that me and him had were born together like in the fucking universe and had split up and we'd come back together. That's what it felt like. And I was on the plane to LA and all I kept seeing was angel numbers and thinking of him. And I got to LA, I texted him and I was like, I'm losing my mind. We FaceTimed in LA and I just fucking knew. I just knew. I think our humans self-sabotaged massively Mm. when we first met and um, like we couldn't figure it out for the first month, like what was going on, but knowing like on us in soul level, we knew that it was us. Um, But yeah, I lost my fucking shit. Luckily I was in therapy, but I Mm. lost my shit. Um, And I've been losing my shit and I still lose my shit sometimes. Cause I'm like, fuck this. Um, But it's the most amazing, like it's like, he makes the mundane magical. That's what our love is like. Mm. It's just the most incredible thing ever, 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 ever. And I just can't wait to get pregnant. (laughs) I can't wait to have babies, buy a house, get married, and that's it. Yeah. And what, what are you, have you got like a plan for all of that in terms of like in three years, I want to have babies, in five years, we want to have a house, or is it just like you roll well, with ba- it? Babies can happen at any moment, and buying a house could probably happen at any moment as well, because we're kind of working on both of those things. Mm. Okay. <laughs> so, any moment, like I haven't been on like the pill or anything for a while. Um, and we, we, you know, there's a few houses we've seen that we like, and yeah, like I would say, like in the next, yeah, next few years, hopefully, mm. we'll start a family and just Sick. be living a more like together we're obviously together but like a, you know starting a proper life so mm. yeah that's awesome i know i just can't wait honestly <laughs> I, I just can't wait like i look at him and just think i can't wait to have your babies and i've never felt that before in my life yeah. he's just like oh babies with you gross but with him i'm just like just impregnate me now <laughs> give me the seed <laughs> give literally pl- implant me so yeah that's beautiful. awesome that's awesome it's great to see i love that it's, just, it's, it's nice to know for people that it's out there somewhere for you you know mm-hmm. should be patient with yeah. it yeah and i always yeah, find patience. that like that sort of thing it like strikes when you least expect it as well well i broke up with my with my ex in the may and then met Lee in September. So there wasn't a long time. And I planned, I was like, I'm going to be single for like a year, two years, go to therapy, really work on myself. Like me, 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 me. And the universe was like, no babes. (laughs) (laughs) The love of your life is on his way. Um, So yeah, I just think that like, you just have to trust the timing of your life. Mm. um, And just know that like, it will all, I just feel like life is always better than you think it's going to be. Like you make a plan and I feel like God laughs. Like he's like, ha, 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 ha. You want that? I'm going to give it to you 50 times. Do you know what I mean? And that's the kind of mindset that I have is that I just know that I'm meant to have a beautiful life. And if you mm. believe you are, you will have one. Mm. And I think it comes down to the openness to it as well. Like you have to be open to that possibility and like the possibility of things not going exactly how you've planned and being open to the change and being dynamic when it does happen yeah. and adapting because if you're not, then you might not you might not fully see the change when it happens. You might see it as something yeah. else, you know? 
Yeah, well, Lee, because Lee was single for five years before me. So he was just like living life, whatever, whatever. And then I came along and suddenly it was like routine. Hmm. Like he, he was basically chaos. And suddenly I came along and was like, oh, well, we can do this. And like, I, you know, my life was pretty much together and he was still figuring things out. So I just think sometimes you just have to just, just fall and you just have to like stop resisting and just go for it. Mm. And like, it's scary sometimes, like you have anxiety around it, but ultimately like this is meant to be happening to you. And I think that everything that happens in life, so cliche, does happen for a reason. It's a lesson, it's a blessing, whatever it is, whatever perception you have of it. Um, and yeah, hard times, you know, they never last for too long. Mm, exactly. Exactly. What's what's a quote that's inspired you recently then? A quote that's inspired me. Where's my phone? Because I save them on my phone. Yeah, I'm the same. Let's have a look, shall we? Um, Screenshots galore on my photo roll. Literally. And I, th- I'm like, I'm like always like, I feel like quotes just appear for me, like to me at the mm. right time. Um. Right, where right the cosmos one? I need to, I need to find what that actually said. Right, hold on. On my Instagram, I've got um a quotes saved tab. Oh, like, I just that put... tab. It's funny because like yeah. you know how you said like quotes appear for you because obviously I post a lot of quotes on on my Instagram. So like I save loads, right? And I normally save them when they speak to me. But then when mm. I come back to revisit them and like go to post them, I'm like, mm, I'm not really yeah. that one today. Yeah. And then I'll go to another one. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm feeling this. But like maybe three days before I wasn't feeling it. And then yeah. when I post it, it does like really well because like other people, yeah. well, it's just like. Sometimes I think like, look at what I used to save or say. And I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> because it's amazing how much your mindset changes throughout the year, throughout the month. It's so up and down. Okay. This is it. Be a mess. It's fine. The universe is a mess. Galaxies are drifting all over the place. To be tidy is to be out of tune with the cosmos. I fucking love that. Mm, I, yeah, love that. That's probably the one thing that's like, I saw it today actually, that's come to me um, recently. Yeah. That's it. What about you? Um, Let me have a look. I'll do the same. I, the thing is, let me see what I posted today. Okay, I'll read you the one I posted today okay. because that spoke to me this morning. So be patient with me. I'm somewhere between losing my mind and finding my soul, mm. which is a great space to be because to me, I interpreted that as like losing your mind in the sense of like your ego, your identity, your stories, mm-hmm. your attachments. And when you start to find your soul, you tap into all of the stuff we were speaking about earlier, like the contentment the ease, they're not having the expectations, not having the desire for a certain outcome. You're just being true to yourself and showing up mm-hmm. in that space in an open way and being dynamic. And it's just beautiful. Well, I feel like you can't trust your thoughts, but you can usually trust your feelings. Mm. Um, so that's, yeah, that's so, so true. And also having an awakening is losing your mind because you start questioning everything. Nothing makes sense. And you're like, have I been like in the sand my head in the mud for years and honestly we have mm. so sick do you know I what like, that you too. just inspired me there with that because I was, i'm set to make a 
a video about what an awakening is today. I'm gonna I'm gonna steal that. Mm. Credit me, bitch. Will, do you know what? Actually, do you know what? I'm not gonna lie. You're the only person in my book that's got a credit from my podcast. There's a quote from our first interview. It's in the section at the end about living your truth. And there's mm. there's a there's a I'll send it to you actually. There's a there's a whole like paragraph of what you said, and I was like, mm, I'm using mm. that. Love yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I don't even remember what I said. I sometimes people send me my quotes. And I'm like, did I say that? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I just forget. Like I just speak. Whatever comes out comes out, and then yeah, yeah. that's the best way though. Um, yeah. But yeah, look, Grace, man, and thank you for the time as always. This has been such a pleasure. Such Thanks a pleasure. No, thank you. Um, what have you got that you're working on at the minute that you might want to shout about or where can people find you online and keep up to date with you? So I'm trained to be a TA therapist, which is basically the TA theory is inner child, adult and ego. Wow. Um, so I'm trained to be a TA therapist and that's what my therapist trained in. So I'm super excited about that. Um and yeah just so like thankful that i was just able to make that happen so that's one thing that i'm working on um and that's about it really a lot of the stuff that i'm working on is still like small early stages um just working on myself really like finding my center more um and trying to diversify the wellness industry that's mm. kind of my mission so nice. yeah grace ethic tree on twitter and instagram come stalk me come say mm-hmm. hello and it's actually starting to rain and that's so therapeutic for me mm. so i just had thunder as well yeah there's a storm coming and i love yeah. the storm what's um what's the biggest thing you're working on yourself right now then i'm interested um I have a few fears, and this is now me being vulnerable. Um, I have a few fears about starting a family. I think because of what I experienced as a child um, and that sort of need to be a good mum. And I'm just working through all the kind of anxieties that are coming up. I'm not pregnant, by the way, but um, working through the anxieties that are coming up around that and what being a good mum looks like for me and all that kind of stuff. And I think I'm turning 30 in August. So I think a lot of my, um, I'm thinking a lot about obviously that what my 30s are going to be like. And obviously that's when I want to start a family. So yeah, just working through like all those kind of fear-based attitudes that probably aren't even from me, but what I've internalized, you know, you turn 30, all that kind of stuff. Um, that's kind of the biggest thing. Yeah, and self-belief actually, because I'm rebranding and things are changing and I'm obviously trained to be a therapist and I'm, I'm, I was scared for many years to do what I'm doing now. So I think I'm still working on like believing that I actually can do this. Sick. Amazing. Well, good luck with Thanks it. Thanks for having me. Thank no you. No worries. So there we have it. I hope that you enjoyed that episode with Grace Victory. As I said, you know, she's always just so amazing. She's just offers so much value, so much honesty within herself. I just really love the energy that she carries herself with. You know, there's such vulnerability and such strength in that. And I think it's a really, really beautiful thing to listen to and take from. 
So if you liked what you heard in this episode, please be sure to leave a review and even better, hit the subscribe button so that you can get the latest episode straight to your phone. And if you know someone you think would really benefit from hearing this episode, be sure to send them the link or a screenshot because it's really important that we continue to spread the positive vibes and messages of episodes like this. You know, I started this podcast because I wanted to help inspire positive change in people and you can also be a part of that by sharing the love. And as ever, you can connect with me on Instagram at IamAlexManzi if you want to say hey, if you want to let me know what you liked about this episode. That's where you'll find me. That's where I hang out the most. But until then, thank you for listening and I will see you for the next episode. This podcast is produced by Unedited.